Hey guys. Hi friends. Welcome to the Malisapina Theater Podcast, the Christmas episode. The Christmas episode! The VAU community acknowledges and thanks the Sinemuk, the Kowatsin, and the Suleiman on whose traditional lands we teach, learn, research, live, and share knowledge on. Please enjoy this holiday reading of The Christmas Carol. Close your eyes, everyone. Just for a moment. Go ahead. Close them. Take a deep breath. Let go the hustle and bustle of 2023 and come with us to the smog and grind of London 200 years ago. A horse and buggy clip-clop across the cobbles. And a mother yowls at a dizzy child. Get out of the way! Night is close at hand, and you have to put your coat, pull your coat up around your neck to capture what little warmth you can. The wind howls ever louder. The wind howls ever louder. You peer in through a foggy windows of happy taverns and cozy houses. But that is not where we journey tonight. No, we head off the beaten path, down a shady alley, and find ourselves at Scrooge and Marley's money-changing house. We join the other shadows on the wall, and somehow it feels even colder in here than it did outside. It is a dark and dismal little room with a small fireplace barely lit. A clerk, Bob Cratchit, sits at his desk, warming himself on his candle as he tolls away in his book. The door opens, ringing the doorbell. Ding. <coughs> ringing the doorbell. Ding. Two, <laughs> thank you for your help. <laughs> Two well-to-do charity workers stride inside, hustling and bustling to keep out the London cold. Oh, my word, Mrs. Sweet. Old Jack Frost certainly having his way out there tonight. I don't mind telling you. Never mind that now, Mr. Kind. I dare say it's not a mite warmer in here. I say, young man, but I believe your fire has all but burnt out. Uh, terribly sorry, madam, but you'll have to take that up with the proprietor of the establishment. Bob Cratchit, at your service. I am but a lowly clerk with naught but a candle to warm my hands. Mm. Mr. Kind and Mrs. Sweet exchange a look of concern. This is Scrooge and Marley's, is it not? That it is. And if you are not the proprietor, whom are we waiting for, Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Oh, bless my soul, you haven't heard. Heard what, my fine fellow? I'm not quite sure how to tell you this, sir, but uh, Mr. Marley's dead. Dead? Dead as a doornail. Uh, my apologies, it has been for the last seven years. Well, then who, may I ask, is the proprietor if Mr. Marley is indeed dead? The door bursts open. Ding. And in struts. Nice. Ebenezer Scrooge. He makes the room colder just by entering it, and everyone around cowers with his well-practiced scowl. Ah, humbug. Mrs. Sweet, Mr. Kind, Mr. Scrooge. Mm. Bob bustles around the bristling Scrooge, taking his scarf and hat and hanging them on the coat rack. Scrooge pushes past the well-wishers without so much as a nod. Cratchit, what have I said about coal when I'm not in the office? Sorry, sir. 
I, I only put it all in when uh, I thought you'd be in. I didn't expect you to be held up at the bank. Never assume a thing, Cratchit. See that it does not happen again. I'm sorry, sir. I won't, mm. I, sir. I believe we have the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge. You do? Be quick about your business. I'm a very busy man. Scrooge sits down and begins counting his money, scratching away in his account book. Well, uh, Mr. Scrooge, at this festive season of the year... A few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund to help the poor. Many don't have any creature comforts, and more still barely have enough to survive. Old Scrooge won't even look up from his account book and continues to tally up his daily earnings. Are there no prisons? Yes, of course, Mr. Scrooge. There are plenty of prisons, but I... And the workhouses, are they still in operation? Well, yes, Mr. Scrooge, they are, though I wish I could say they were not. Well, thank goodness. From what you were saying, I thought something horrible had happened to them. I'm very glad to hear they're still up and running. Yes, well, Mr. Scrooge, they are hardly in line with keeping festive at the Christmas season, and that is why, uh, that is why... That what Mr. Kind is trying to say is that Christmas is a time when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. Those of us with means should provide a festive season for those without. Uh, what shall we put you down for? Mr. Kind holds out a ledger and quill, ready to jot down whatever sum Scrooge puts forth. Any other heart would have been warmed by Mr. Kind's genuine grin. But Scrooge's icy glare stops it cold. Nothing. <laughs> Mr. Kind and Mrs. Sweet share a worried look. Surely no one can be this hard-hearted. <laughs> you wish to remain anonymous. <laughs> I wish to be left alone. I don't even provide a festive season for myself and refuse to make idle people merry. I pay enough to support the prisons and workhouses. They get enough of my money. Those who are badly off must go there. But many can't go there, and many would rather die. Well, if they would rather die, madam, they should go ahead and do it and decrease the surplus population. <gasps> well, of all the tight-fisted, scraping old oysters there ever were, good afternoon. Cratchit, see them to the door. Dear Bob Cratchit stands and sadly opens the door. Ding. For the charitable folk. As they leave, he reaches into his own pocket and pulls out a single coin. He hands it to Mrs. Sweet. Mer Merry Christmas, Mrs. Sweet. Merry Christmas, Mr. Kind. Thank you, Mr. Cratchit. Merry Christmas. Uh, good afternoon. Just as Mrs. Mrs. Sweet and Mr. Kind are bustling out, someone bustles in. This is Scrooge's only living relative, Freddy. A delightful young man full of vim and vigor, there is a hellabaloo at the door, and Fred gives them a few coins as well. Close that door! I will not pay to heat the whole of London. You won't pay to heat the whole of this office, Uncle Scrooge. Cratchit closes the door and shakes Fred's hand. How are you, Fred? Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Bob! <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Listen to you two idiots, bah, humbug! Christmas a humbug, Uncle? You don't mean that, I'm sure. Uh. Fred bustles in, throws a whole handful of coal on the fire. <laughs> and warms himself. He beckons Bob to join him, who thinks about it for a moment, but a frosty glare from Scrooge sticks him to his candle. I do mean that, nephew. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you have no reason to be merry. You can't afford it. And you can, yet here you remain miserable and morose. What reason have you to be so dismal? 
Come out, go boil your head. Oh, don't be cross, Uncle. Well, what else can I be? When I live in such a world of fools as this. Merry Christmas? A pox upon Merry Christmas. What is Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills with no money? Forking over a hard-earned gold to give presents to children you can't afford? For what? A Merry Christmas? <laughs> no, 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 no. If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips will be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Now that's a Merry Christmas. Uncle! Nephew! I'll keep my Christmas how I like. But you don't keep it at all. Then leave me alone. Have your merry little Christmas. What good has it ever done you? Uncle Scrooge, most of good things that I have done in this world didn't make my purse any heavier. Christmas among the rest. I will always think of it as a good time. A kind, charitable, pleasant, and forgiving time. And the only time of the year where everyone seems to open up their shut hearts freely. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold in my pocket, I believe Christmas has done me good and will do, do me good, and I say God bless it. Bob Cratchit is so overcome by Fred's stirring speech that he can't help it, but he leaps to his feet to give and give the young man a hearty round of applause. Another sound out of you. Shut up, all of you. You'll all keep your Christmas looking for another job. That poor old Cratchit drops to his seat and immediately returns to scribbling away in the ledger. Oh, don't be angry with Bob, Uncle, and don't be angry with me. Come, you must, ha you must have Christmas dinner with me and Lily tomorrow. We won't take no for an answer. I would rather eat my hat. That can be arranged. I won't be coming. Bah, humbug. But why, Uncle, why? Lily's been dying to meet you, and she's the love of my life. Love? <laughs> the only thing more ridiculous than Merry Christmas is the pig-swilling notion of love. Good afternoon. Oh, Uncle, it may not be this year, and it may not be the next, but I will get through to that icicle you call a heart. Mark my words. Oh, no, you mark my words. Good afternoon. I am sorry, with all my heart, to find you so miserable. But Christmas is for family, and you're all the family I've got. So I'll keep Christmas humor to the last. So Merry Christmas, Uncle! Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year! Fred bustles over to Bob's desk and vigorously shakes his hand. Merry Christmas, Fred! Merry Christmas, Bob! And to all the Cratchits, Merry Christmas! Good afternoon! Scrooge! apoplectic with rage, leaps to his feet, chases his nephew out of the office, and slams the door behind him. I am so... Slams the door behind him. <laughs> I meant it that time. I'm surrounded by idiots. He hasn't got a two pence to his name, and you, my dear clerk, 15 shillings a week with a wife and family going on about a merry Christmas. Bah! And, might I add, humbug. A bell tolls, sounding five. Scrooge checks his pocket watch. Hmm. Gotta get that bell fixed. Bong! Bong! You. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It seems it's time to shut up the counting house. Bob Cratchit leaps to his feet and begins tidying up. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. If quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. You'd think yourself ill-used if I docked half your pay, wouldn't you? Mr. Scrooge, sir. Mm. <sighs> Cratchit. Help Scrooge with his heavy coat, scarf, and hat. You don't think me ill-used for paying a day's wage with no work? I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Scrooge, but it does only happen once a year. Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Please, Mr. Scrooge, it would mean so ever so much to us uh, Cratchits. Scrooge tightens his scarf and pulls out his keys. 
Very well. I suppose you must have the whole day, but be here all the earlier next morning. Oh, I will, sir. Thank you, sir. And Mary... Cratchit! Sorry, sir. Uh, good night, sir. Bob Cratchit is gone without another word. Huh. Scrooge locks up the counting house and leaves for the street. He trudges along. It is hideously cold. As he is walking, a young man, Colin, stops him, cap in hand. Begging your pardon, Mr. Scrooge, sir. Oh, away with you. Don't you riffraff know I have enough to do without being bothered by you on my way home? Terribly sorry, Mr. Scrooge, sir, but I ain't begging for money. Then leave me alone and let me go home. I ain't begging for money, but I am begging for time. A little more time, if you catch my meaning. Scrooge steps back and takes a long look at the young man's face. You were in my office not long ago. I do believe you still owe me 20 pounds. That's what I'm meaning, sir. I'm going to pay you the money, I promise. But I might not have it by the 26th. Uh, and why ever not? You didn't mind taking it from me when you borrowed it. I know, Mr. Scrooge, I know. But you see, it's Christmas, and I wanted to buy my girl a little something. Would you like to see it? No, I most definitely do not want to see it. You are an idiot for buying it instead of paying me back by the agreed date. If you don't have the money by the 26th, I will be calling the debtor's prison to round you up. Good day, sir. But I... Mr. Scrooge, it's Christmas. Ah, humbug. Off with you now. Colin runs off, and Scrooge trudges on. At last, he comes to his door and fumbles in his pockets for his keys. Oh, confound it. They were here a moment ago. This pocket, maybe. No. Ah! Ha-ha! Here they are. He produces the keys from a pocket with a great flourish. <laughs> but freezes as he brings the key to the lock for the knocker itself has become the horrific image of Jacob Marley's face. What? The dickens? No, no, it can't be. I really must get new spectacles. That looks exactly like my old partner, but it, it can't be. The knocker lets out a terrific moan, and Scrooge plugs his ears and backs away. The moan ends, and everything is as it was before. There. You see? A knocker. Just a knocker. Nothing more, nothing less. Scrooge opens the door. Break. <laughs> and heads inside. He gives the knocker one last look before he shuts the door. Scrooge creaks through his house. Creak, creak. Taking care to make sure his only candle stays lit as he gets changed creak. into his nightgown and nightcap. His cheese and bread are for supper are laid out in front of the fireplace. Freak. And the one coal burning inside struggles to keep the house warm. A loud creak echoes through the house. Creak! Who's there? Creak. There is no answer. Humbug. Another loud creak. Creak, 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 creak! Scrooge reaches over to the fireplace and arms himself with a poker. I'm warning you, I have a poker here. I'm not afraid to use it. Do you hear me? Nothing. The creaks stop and Scrooge lowers the poker. He picks another soft chunk of bread and cheese and munches away. A bell rings. Bong. Softly at first. Bong. Until all the bells in the house ring. Bong, 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 and Scrooge bong, bong, has bong. to cover his ears. The bells stop as quickly as they started. And the sound of chains dragging across the floor fill the room. They stop too. And 
and Scrooge is left in silence. Ah, humbug. Nothing with the wind. You can't scare me, old man wind. A terrifying howl echoes through all the small room, and the ghost of Jacob Marley appears at the doorway. No, it can't be. I know him. That's Jacob Marley. Jacob rattles his chains and moans, the cries echoing throughout the drafty house. How now? What do you want with me? Much. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you then? Cripes, I didn't think the dead would be so picky. Come now, Ebenezer. You know who I was. Jacob. Jacob Marley. Marley wails and rattles chains. Ah, Humbug, you're not real. You don't believe in me? I don't. Am I not standing here before you? Can you not see me? I can, but maybe you're a trick of the light, a slight disorder of the stomach. You may be a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of gravy about you, ghosts. Marley wails again, rattling his chains and screaming until Scrooge cowers. Man of the worldly mind, do you believe in me or not? I do. I must. But why do you come to me, spirit? Look at my chains. Look at them. It's horrible. It's ponderous. I forged it myself, link by link and yard by yard. You wear one yourself, though you cannot see it. Marley wraps part of his chain around Scrooge. Yours is even more horrible, even more ponderous. You have labored on it since my death seven Christmas Eves ago. Marley wails. <laughs> the wild, the wind, <laughs> the wild cries chilling Scrooge to the bone. Please, Jacob, speak comfort to me. I have none to give. My spirit is restless, tormented, bound to this money-changing hole as I was in life. Well, you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business, pa. Flint-hearted, stone-cold ignorance. Why did I walk through crowds of my fellow beings with my eyes turned down? Charity, mercy, benevolence, and a kind heart. Those are the business of the world. We wasted our lives, Ebenezer! Please, 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 Jacob, don't be hard on me. Hear me, for my time is almost done. I will, Jacob. I am here to warn you, old friend, and give you a chance to escape my fate. Oh, you are always a good friend, Jacob. Thank you. You will be haunted. Haunted? Haunted by three spirits. If it's all the same to you, Jacob, I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first when the bell tolls one. Can't I just take them all at once and have it done with, Jacob? Uh, Marley wails and moans until Scrooge towers again. Look to see me no more. Remember what has passed between us. There is a great gust of wind. And Marley is gone. Scrooge runs to check the windows, locks the door again, checks the windows one more time, and makes his way into the bed. He pulls the sheets up and pokes his head under the bed and tucks himself in. Ah, humbug. Scrooge blows out his candle. He begins to snore. A bell rings out. 
Quarter and past. Scrooge sits straight up in bed. Oh, quarter past. Half past. A quarter to it. Bong. Ah, there it is, the owl itself. Scrooge pulls his sheets up to his chin, scrambles to light his candle, and sits upright in bed, shivering as the bell's echoes fade out. Oh, nothing else. A candle snuffs out, and a glowing child, the ghost of Christmas past, appears in Scrooge's room. He screams. <laughs> he huddles in the middle of his bed, cocooning into his blankets. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. Must I go with you? If you wish to avoid Jacob's cruel fate, then yes. To redeem your shriveled husk of a heart, your withered corpse of a soul, yes, you must come with me. Very well. Uh, shall I get dressed? It's the middle of the night, spirit. Don't be a fool, Jacob. I am a spirit. Bear but a touch of my hand. There, and you shall be upheld more than this. The spirit offers Scrooge their arm, and Scrooge takes it. Scrooge is lifted off his feet and gasps in horror as the spirit whisks him out of the open window and into the countryside. The air feels different as they fly out of the city, newer somehow. They land near Scrooge's old schoolhouse from when he was a boy. Good heavens, I know this place. I was a boy here. Your lip is trembling, and what is that upon your cheek? Nothing, I... Uh, it can't be. A boy enters with a book tucked under his arm. He sits and starts to read. Scrooge just stares at the boy. He can't believe what he's seeing. If I wasn't seeing it with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it, but that's me. Me as a boy, how can this be? A solitary child, neglected by his friends, remains. The school door bursts open, and some rowdy school oh, children what? run Get in. Oh, what? Get out of the way! I didn't have my pudding yet! Look, spirit, my friends! Hello, everyone! Scrooge waves to the children but they do not see him. These are but memories of things that have been. We are little, we are more but shadows to these children. You're not going home again this Christmas, Ebbs. No, I've got my studies to attend to. Don't get too lost in your books, Ebbs. Come up for air every now and then. There's a whole world going on out there. Who's got time for the world? <laughs> the boys bustle off, leaving the younger Scrooge alone with his books. Those books. Those stories, I, it's the only place I could truly call my own. Poor boy. Don't feel too sorry for the boy. There are still those who love him. The door bursts open again, and <laughs> Ebenezer's beloved sister, Fanny, rushes in. Dear, dear brother! Oh, it's my Fanny. I ought to see her again. Oh, spirit! Fanny, what on earth are you doing here? I have to bring you home, dear brother. To bring you home, home, home. Home, little fan. Yes, home for good and all. Father sent me in a coach to bring you so we can be together all Christmas long and have the merriest time in all the world. But what of my studies? Oh, forget your studies for a few days, Ebenezer. Come home and let's have a very merry Christmas. Scrooge watches with a heavy heart as his younger counterpart and sister skip out of the schoolhouse to play in the snow outside. Always a delicate creature whom a breath might have withered, but she had the kindest of hearts. So she had. Christmas with Fan was always merry. She died a woman. She did, bearing a child. Your nephew. Yes. 
My Freddy. Come, let us see another Christmas. The ghost offers Scrooge its arm again, and Scrooge squeezes his eyes shut as they soar into the sky once more. They soar across the countryside, the wind whipping at Scrooge's nightcoat and making his eyes water. Finally, they land outside another place Scrooge knows all too well. Two young men, Dick Wilkins and Scrooge, not yet worn down by the worries of the world, burst into the room with festive decorations and set up Fezziwig's Christmas party. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig dance through in full celebration. Scrooge and the ghosts secret themselves away in a corner and observe the festivities. Do you know this place? Know it. I was apprenticed here. Look, there's the Fezziwigs alive again. Bless their hearts. Yo-ho, my boys. No more work tonight. It's Christmas Eve, Ebenezer. Merry Christmas, Dick. Merry Christmas. Come along, boys. Let's have a ball. An assortment of well-wishers and festive makers arrive at the party, dancing and singing and carrying on. (laughs) The Fezziwig Christmas ball. Some of my fondest memories of those soirees. The party swings and bustles for a very lovely while. You're listening. Oh. Oh, a new song. Yes. Yes. Someone's about to play. I can't wait to hear what it is. (laughs) For the Fezziwig's Christmas party. Ah. Must be a long way to the piano. (laughs) Maybe he got lost. Oh, there we go. (gasps) Oh, he's ever so good. (sighs) Jingle all the way. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig dance through a full celebration. Scrooge and the ghost secret themselves away in a corner and observe the festivities. Lovely. Past. Do you know this place? Know it? I was apprenticed here. Look, there's the Fezziwigs alive again. Bless their hearts. Yo ho, my boys. No more work tonight. No, it's all right. It's Christmas Eve, Ebenezer, as I said before. And Merry Christmas again, Dick. Merry Christmas once more. Oh, come along, boys. Let's have another ball. Ebenezer Scrooge, I would like you to meet Bella Thompson. Mr. Scrooge, I am most pleased to meet you. I assure you, Miss Thompson, the pleasure is all mine. Come along, my dear. Let's allow these young folks to get acquainted. Let's show them a thing or two about dancing. Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig. Start a rousing dance, and everyone joins in. Jingle bells, Batman spells. They finish their dance, and everyone files out, thanking the Fezziwigs, uh, thanking the Fezziwigs profusely for such a wonderful time. Scrooge and the ghost are left alone. A small matter to make the silly folks so full of gratitude. Small. They spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. And these people will spend the rest of their lives singing their praise. It's not about the money, Spirit. It's, it's the way they spread their joy to everyone around them with a, a look or a smile or a kind word at the right moment. Two lovelier people you're never likely to meet. I, what is the matter? It, it's it, nothing, Spirit. It doesn't seem like nothing. I would just like to be able to say something to my clerk, Bob Cratchit, just now. That's all. My time grows short. I have one more Christmas to show you. Very well, Spirit. Lead on. The ghost offers its arm again, and Scrooge takes it. They fly back to London, still years past. They land in a quiet park, not far from Scrooge's soon-to-be counting house. Bella sits alone on a bench, a look of sad determination on her face. Spirit, please, not this Christmas. I am merely showing you what has already come to pass. 
Do not blame me. Young Scrooge bustles into the park, mutters to himself. He approaches Bella and gives her a peck on the cheek. Bella, I don't know why you insisted on us meeting out here. I have so many accounts to attend to. I apologize for my persistence, Ebenezer, but I assure you I will be brief. If it's so brief, couldn't have just waited till tomorrow? I could pencil you in for some time next week. That would be better. No. What I have to say must happen now, and then I will burden you no more. Very well, Bella. Let's have it. Bella pulls her engagement ring uh, and hands it to young Scrooge. Bella, what are you doing? I... I don't have time for this nonsense. No, Ebenezer, not this time. You will hear me, and then you may go about your business. Bella. I relieve you of our contract, one that was made with love, but has been replaced by another idol, a golden one, I am afraid. What are you talking about? Nothing has replaced you. Look deep within, Ebenezer. You know I'm right. We fell in love a long time ago, but you are a changed man. I may be a wiser man, but that hasn't changed my feelings about you. The man you are and the man you were are two different people. Would the man who stands before me here and now, would that man try to win me now? Do you think not? I would gladly think otherwise if I could. I love you, Ebenezer Scrooge, and I have since, and I have since the day we met, but I have no value in your eyes. There is no profit in whatever this was. I won't hold you back any longer. I release you with a full heart for the love of the man you once were. Bella, I never chose this. I did. I love you, Ebenezer Scrooge. May you be happy in the life you have chosen. Bella rushes away, leaving young Scrooge speechless. He lingers for a moment and leaves too. Show me no more spirit, please. Why do you delight in torturing me? The spirit offers its arm to Scrooge, who takes it once more. As I said, Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm merely showing you what has already come to pass. These are your choices, your life. The spirit flies Scrooge back home to his own bed. Rest now, Ebenezer. Rest. You still have much to see, but I can show you no more. No, spirit, don't leave me. Please, I don't know what to do next. Rest now. Rest? Yes. Rest. I should... Yes. Scrooge falls asleep. The spirit fades back to the shadows. Scrooge snores. A chime tolls. A chime tolls. Once again, ringing out one o'clock, Scrooge snorts away. One o'clock again? How can that be? A jolly, rolling laugh echoes through the old, cold house. Oh, no. <laughs> what new devilry is this? Come in and know me better, man. <laughs> the door to Scrooge's bedroom opens wide, and a warm glow fills the room. Scrooge is compelled from his soul to see what lies beyond. His tiptoe, he tiptoes into the room and stares at what he sees. The ghost of Christmas present sits in a corner, a rollicking, jovial spirit of mirth and merriment. <laughs> mirth and merriment. Resplendent in glorious robes and a spirit so full it knows no bounds. 
And who might you be, kind spirit? I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. Oh, I can't say I've ever seen anything quite like you before, spirit. No, so hell-bent on business that you never lifted your head long enough to see my many brothers and sisters over these long, long years. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought spirits kept families. Have you had many brothers and sisters, spirit? More than 1,800. Oh, your poor parents. <laughs> Hardly. It is a merry house, made merry anew each and every year. Ah, spirit, <laughs> conduct me where you will. If you have anything to teach me, I am your willing student. Touch my robe. We have much to see. The merry spirit spins Scrooge around, and the bed swirls in a wondrous blend of merry festivation. The festivation? <laughs> the streets of London are abuzz, and people with people making merry, racing about with packages. Feast makings and Merry snatches Christmas. of Merry Christmas oh, Merry and Christmas. songs. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, As Christmas Scrooge tree. and present make their way to Bob Cratchit's house. The Cratchit's windows are fogged over, and even though it's a tiny house for too many people, the miser can feel the coziness just by looking in Mrs. Emily Cratchit and her children. They're setting the table, preparing the feast and peering out the window to see where Bob and Tiny Tim are. Yet, uh, they have yet to arrive. <laughs> Whose house is this spirit, such a meager dwelling? I believe you call him Cratchit. Ebenezer, his friends, call him Bob. <laughs> Scrooge is speechless as Emily appears in the window once again. Are you, my dear Robert? I do hope Tim is all right. Finally, Bob and Tim burst in through the door. <gasps> oh. Merry Christmas, Emily Cratchit. Merry Christmas, Bob Cratchit. How was the service? Did our Tim behave? As good as gold and better, Emily. <coughs> he gets so thoughtful sitting there. He told me, coming home, that he hoped people saw him in that church because of his condition. And it might be pleasant to them to be remember their blessings on Christmas Day. Oh, don't you worry, Bob Cratchit. He's got a good soul. He'll grow up strong and hearty. You'll see. I will too, and I'm growing bigger every day. That you are, my boy. That you are. A Merry Christmas to us all. Merry, my dears. God bless you. God bless us, everyone. <coughs> Spirit, please tell me if Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the chimney corner and a crutch without an owner care, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. No, no, kind spirit. Please say he'll be spared. Whatever for? If he's likely to die, he'd better do it. Or de uh, to decrease the surplus population, eh, Ebenezer? Spirits, I... Who are you to decide who shall live and who shall die? Would you count his worth as less than your own, even now? The family is ready to feast and has sat down to their yuletide victuals. Bob raises his glass in a toast. To Mr. Scrooge. I give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of this feast. Ha! The founder of 
a feast indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon and hope that he'd choke on it. My dear, the children, it's Christmas Day. <laughs> you want me to toast the health of that odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling Ebenezer Scrooge? You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you, my love. Uh, my dear, please. I'll, I'll drink his health for your sake and for Christmas, but not for his. A long life to him, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry, Merry Christmas and Happy New, New Year. Year. The spirit, somehow seeming older and more easily tired than before, offers an arm to Scrooge. Come, Ebenezer, there is still so much to see. The glorious swirls of time and celebration whirl around Scrooge once more, and he is whisked to, to a place he only ever saw years and years ago. It is his beloved sister Fanny's old house, now proudly owned by her son Freddy. A rollicking party is in full effect, complete with mistletoe and drinks in hand. Freddy is the quintessential host, bursting into the room with a new bottle of brandy. Oh! That's my Freddy! Oh, there, Fred! Hello! Can I refresh anyone's drink? Fred! Freddy! For the love of Pete! Freddy! Scrooge desperately tries to get Fred's attention, waving and flailing his arms about, but to no avail. <laughs> we are mere shadows, Ebenezer Scrooge. Not even thoughts on the wind. Oh, my lord, my hat! <laughs> I'll take a top up, I think I've had enough. <laughs> of course you will, top up. Come, Fred! you were telling. What story was that, my love? The one about yesterday, you remember? Yes, Fred, the one about your dear Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> ah, yes, I was, merely, I was merely saying that I feel sorry for him. Sorry for him? Why? I have no patience for him. <laughs> oh, no, my dear, I couldn't be angry with him even if I tried. Who suffers most of his ill will, ill whims himself? He doesn't even come to our Christmas party, and what of it? He doesn't lose much of a dinner. <gasps> I beg your pardon, Frederick. I think he loses a very good dinner. <laughs> Best dinner in town, my love. I'm merely saying I see him for what he is, and how his hatred of Christmas only strengthens my love for it. If me showing up at his doorstep every Christmas, bursting, if, bursting in with festive cheer and merriment, if that puts him down in vain to give that poor Cratchit even 50 pounds, then I say Merry Christmas to him. Oh, very well, Freddy. You do have a way about you, you know. <laughs> oh, come on now. Enough talk. Let's have a game. Oh, yes, a game. Oh. Scrooge pulls on the spirit's robes like a schoolboy after a treat from his parents. Yes, spirit, please. Yes, one game won't hurt. We only have time for a short one, but go on then. No, Freddy. Let's play yes and no. Yes. <laughs> Freddy will think of something, and we have to guess what it is, but he can only answer us with yes or no until we've got it. Have you thought of something, Freddy? Oh, do I ever, my love? Is it a vegetable? No. A mineral? Not even close. An animal, then? What else? Does it live in London? Just round the corner. Is it agreeable? Not on the best of days. Does it love anyone? Not even itself. I've got it! You do not! I do! A loveless, disagreeable animal that lives in London... Go on. It's your Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> the party bursts into laughter, toasting and huzzahing with reckless abandon. 
Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, wherever he may be. Raise your glasses of mulled wine to Uncle Scrooge. Uncle Scrooge! Come, Ebenezer, we must go. My time grows short. The weakening spirit leans heavily on Scrooge and whisks him to a darkened alley. The festive explosion is muted this time, and as if the spirit's magic is running out. Spirit, are you leaving me so soon? I must, Ebenezer. Hark, the time is drawing near. A bell chimes. Bing bong. And a ragged boy and girl suddenly appear and cower near the spirit's feet. Do you see these children, Ebenezer? I do, spirit. Are they yours? They are everyone's. This boy is ignorance. The girl is want. They keenly felt, and they sound your doom. Have they nowhere they can go? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? The bell chimes even louder. Bing bong. Even louder. Bing bong! So loud, Scrooge can feel it down to his bones. Sweet Lord. Darkness overwhelms him, and the ghost of Christmas present vanishes with the rat children. In the black, Scrooge's spine tingles with a terrible presence. A gloaming light comes from somewhere high above, and Ebenezer stands before a looming phantom. This is the fuel of nightmares. A faceless nothing in ragged robes. Two rotting, skeletal hands draped with the mortal coils of countless souls. You're the last spirit, aren't you? The spirit of Christmas yet to come. A gust of wind echoes as future nods. You are about to show me things that have not happened but will happen if history keeps her course. Is that so, spirit? The wind shrieks as the spirit nods once more. Oh, ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have yet seen. I am prepared to go with you, for I believe your purpose is to do me good. One long, pointed, moldering finger points towards the darkness beyond. Will you not speak to me, spirit? The spirit shakes its great head and jabs a finger towards the dark yet again. Very well. Lead on, spirit. My time is running out, so lead on. The spirit waves its arm, a dustier, Dirtier London springs to life before Scrooge's weary eyes. Two well-to-do business people bustle along. A matronly woman hurries by, hurries by carrying a huge bundle of goods, and a young couple, deep in conversation, race ahead. Oh, this is London again, spirit. Perhaps this isn't my future after all. The spirit merely points at the business people, known across the city as Mr. Gold and Mrs. Silver. I don't know much about it at all, I'm afraid. I only know old Scratch is dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. What was the matter with him? Indeed, I thought he'd never die. Never mind that. What has he done with his money? I have not heard. He hasn't left it to me, that's for certain. The business folk cackle at their witty <laughs> repartee. <laughs> a rotten, nasty sound that grates on Scrooge's ears. When is his funeral? Next few days, I'd wager. Bound to be a cheap one. I can't think of anyone who would dream of going. Perhaps we should make up a party and volunteer. Oh, I don't mind going as long as lunch is provided. <laughs> they erupt with raucous guffaws anew. The schadenfreudian laughter... 
The writer apologizes for that choice. <laughs> the schadenfreudian laughter from the well-to-do rings especially sharp in Scrooge's ear. Spirits, I must say that poor soul sounds most unfortunate indeed. Imagine dying without a single soul sending you off. The spirit aims a clutching claw at the woman laden with a bundle as she meets up with a nefarious character, Old Joe, in a darkened corner of the market square. Hello, my love, hello. <laughs> come into my parlor, come in. What have you brought for old Joe, my love? Step aside, Joe, and let me show you what I've got. Mrs. Dilber unfurls her bundle, revealing a tangled assortment of possibly ill-begotten goods. Well, tickle my fancy. You brought a right bit of booty for old Joe tonight. Whose are they, then? Uh, no one I know, I hope. Oh, you know him all right. It's old Scratch. <laughs> he never cared about anyone in his whole life. He shouldn't expect anyone to give two pence when he's dead. Truer words have never been spoken, Mrs. Dilbert. Let's have a see. Old... Hmm. Old Joe reaches down into the pile and pulls out a large curtain. What's this, then? Bed curtains? Bed curtains? <laughs> you took them down while he was still lying there? That I did, and why not? No stopping you, is there, Miss Dilbert? And what's, the what's this, then? Old Joe reaches down and pulls up a blanket. I figured he weren't going to catch cold where he's going, so I snatched him off him. <laughs> Old Joe drops the blankets as like they're on fire. He didn't die in anything catching, I hope. I didn't linger around to find out. Go on, Joe. Have a look at that shirt down there. Old Joe reached down and plucks a well-worn shirt from the pile. Ooh. This is a shirt fit for a king. They'd have wasted it, if not for me. How's that? All set to be buried in that one he was. I plucked it off him, I did. <sighs> Can't look any worse on anybody else. <laughs> the two ne'er-do-wells cackle and sneer at their bounty. <laughs> Old Joe reaches into his coin purse and hands Mrs. Dilber some money. <laughs> A fine plunder, Mrs. Dilbert. He frightened everyone away when he was alive, only to profit us all in his death. To old Scratch! Old Scratch! <laughs> Spirit, I see what you're trying to teach me. I do. The case of this poor old Scratch may be my own, if my life tends the same way. Thank you. I'm ready to go home now. The spirit shakes its head. Please, show me no more. The world is such an unkind place, and people like this old Scratch only seem to cause delight with their demise. The spirit bows its head towards the encroaching black. Scrooge clutches at the ghost's robe. Spirit, please, if you must show me more, show me some emotion to attach to this man's death. Show me someone truly moved by old Scratch's demise. The spirit waves its arms, and the young couple, Colin and Carolyn, stand right in front of Scrooge, buzzing with excitement. What news, my Colin? Good or bad? Oh, Caroline, bad. Are we, are we quite ruined? Not just yet, my love. If he relents, you mean to say, and old Scratch never relents. Old Scratch is past relenting. How's that then? He's, he's dead. How, but to whom will our debt be transferred? Doesn't matter. They can't possibly be more a cold-hearted, tight-fisted miser than as old Scratch. Ah, to old Scratch. Long may he stay 
dead to old Scratch. They share a loving embrace and dash off to make merry. Scrooge's soul hurts to see it. Please, spirit, I beg you, show me some tenderness connected with the death. The spirit waves its arms wide, and Scrooge once again finds himself at the quaint Cratchit house. It is decidedly less cozy this time. Bob and Emily sit at the table, Tim's crutch propped up in a corner. Oh, my dear, I went to see uh, where our Tim is to be buried today. I wish you could have come. It's so green and lovely. You'll see it often every Sunday. We'll take a walk up there. We'll see our Tim. We will, Bob. No matter when or how we part from one another, we shall never forget this first parting. We shall never forget our Tim. Spirit. Please, I feel our parting moment is at hand, and I wish to see no more that poor family. I just... The spirit sweeps its arm up and wide, and Scrooge is engulfed in its robes. When the spirit backs away, Scrooge finds himself in a ruined graveyard. A graveyard spirit? Not my house. What sort of Christmas yet to come are you showing me? The spirit points to a gravestone. Spirit. Before I draw near to that stone to which you point, answer me this question. Are these the shadows of things that will be, or shadows of things that may be only? The spirit only points again. Life can be changed, spirit. Why? Why show me this if I am doomed? Tell me it wasn't my death all those people were celebrating. Am I old Scratch? The spirit points at Scrooge, then to the grave, then back to Scrooge again. Scrooge finally kneels by the grave and dusts off the name on it. Lord. Please, no, Ebenezer Scrooge. No, please, spirit, I'm not the man I was. Why show me this if I am beyond all hope? The spirit floats over to Scrooge and puts a hand on his shoulder. I will honor Christmas my heart and keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. I will live for my fellow beings, not in spite of them. Please, spirit, tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. Please, spirit! Scrooge continues to beg for forgiveness of the spirit as it pulls away from him, leaving him desperate and alone. He huddles on the floor. The night swallows him, and he drops to the ground. Seconds later, he's home again. Christmas Day sunshine pours in through the window, and the bells of Christmas morning ring out. (laughs) Scrooge leaps to his feet. (laughs) I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm alive and I'm home! And those are the bells of Christmas! I did it! They did it! My bed curtains are all still here! My, my blankets! Oh, I love your blankets! Oh, they're all here! And I'm here! Oh, it's my second chance! I know I have one! Scrooge races to a window and stares out at the street below. He lets out a cheer and Woo! startles a young person below. What's today, child? Eh? I say, young one, what is today? Today? Why, today is Christmas Day. Oh, it is Christmas Day. I have not missed it. Oh, the spirits have done it all in one night. Of course they have. The spirits! Oh, they can do whatever they like. Oh, look at me. I'm as giddy as a schoolboy. You, child! Yes, sir? Do you know the meat shop? One street over and over on the corner. Of course I do. Oh, an intelligent child. A remarkable child. <gasps> do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? What? The one as big as mine? Oh, what a delightful child. Yes, that one! It's hanging there now. Excellent. Go and buy it. Go on, pull the other No, 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 I mean it. Go and buy it. Here's the money. Scrooge throws a coin purse to the child who catches it with a deft hand. Ooh, very deft. Go and buy it and bring it back here and I'll give you a shilling. 
Do it in five minutes, and I'll give you half a crown. The child races off, and Scrooge proceeds to get dressed. Good racing. Well done. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit. It's twice the size of Tim. <laughs> Scrooge finishes getting dressed and heads out to the festive Christmas Day London streets. <laughs> the child struggles around the corner <laughs> under the weight of an enormous turkey. Oh, excellent work, young one. Come along. We're off to make merry. While Scrooge, with Scrooge leading the way, the unlucky pair, or trio if you consider the magnificent bird, march their way through the merry town. Ebenezer wishes Merry Christmas to everyone he passes, and his face lights up as he sees the charity workers he so brusquely dismissed only a day before. Ah! My fine friends, I do hope you were successful yesterday. I beg your pardon. Merry Christmas to you. Mr. Scrooge. Scrooge, yes. Yes, that's my name. Oh, and I'm afraid it may not be pleasant to you. It's also, I must, it's I who must beg your pardon. I would like to make amends for my behavior in the past. Allow me to donate a thousand pounds to your cause, not a farthing less. Scrooge, are you quite serious? If you please. A great many back payments are included. Will you do me that honor? I, uh, we, I don't know what to say. To say yes, and that you'll come around for tea in my counting house in the new year. Will you come see me? Well, of course we will, Mr. Scrooge. Oh, please, call me Ebenezer. Merry Christmas. Scrooge's turkey parade bustles along until he comes across his wonderful nephew and niece-in-law. Out of their Christmas, out for their Christmas morning perambulation. Ah, my Freddy. Lovely perambulating. I don't believe I have the honor of this young lady's name. Uh, Uncle Scrooge? Oh, Fred. I'm your Uncle Ebenezer. I always have been and always will be. I'm Lily, sir. Lily, of course you are. Lovely to meet you, Lily. I, I believe I owe you an apology. Uncle Scrooge, Ebenezer, are you sure you're feeling all right? Never better. I'd say I'm feeling better than I've ever felt in my whole life. Will you join me at the Cratchits for Christmas dinner? Are you sure there'll be enough food? Scrooge gestures at the huge turkey and the child laboring underneath it. <gasps> there he is. I dare say there will be. I insist you come. Of course we will, Uncle Ebenezer. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Come along, everyone. Oh, huzzah. Scrooge and his festive entourage arrive at the Cratchit's front door, resplendent with turkey in tow. Ebenezer peers through the window and sees the Cratchits gathered around the table, about to carve into a tiny goose. Scrooge stands at the door and gets his merry rabble to hide for a moment. Scrooge knocks, and dear Bob answers. I... Mr. Scrooge, to, to what do we owe the honor? I noticed you weren't at work this morning, Bob Cratchit. Sir, I, I, I'm terribly sorry, but I, I thought we'd agreed. You... I cannot allow this sort of thing to continue, Cratchit. Sir, I, I'm sorry. Please, I'll do anything. It's no good, Cratchit. I'm afraid I'm going to have to... I can't lose this position, Mr. Scrooge. I'll get my things. I'll come to the counting house straight away. I'm afraid I'm going to have to raise your salary and pay the mortgage on this house, and that is my final word. Sir, please, I... Hang on a minute. What did you say? I owe you a thousand apologies and a thousand more, Bob Cratchit. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Please, call me Ebenezer. Might I stay for dinner? Of course. We don't have much, Ebenezer. Yes, but thank you. what's ours is yours. Worry not, my friends. I've brought plenty. Oh. The crowd <laughs> pours into the house with a proper feast. They lay the table, and there is merrymaking all around. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. What do you think, Tim? It's a lovely Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Thank you. No, Tim, thank you. 
God bless us. God bless us, everyone. Do we go away now? Excuse us. <laughs> 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 <laughs>